in to another edition of the Future Sox Roundup. My name is Mike Rankin. I'm your host, Elijah Evans, alongside us. As always, we release episodes every weekend recapping what's going on across the White Sox affiliates. And this week, a lot of coverage for you in the low minors. That's been a theme on this show, mainly because the Chicago White Sox prospects, the bulk of them so far, have performed very well in Kannapolis and Winston-Salem. Kannapolis low A, Winston-Salem high A. Before we get started, let's check in on the standings. A lot to cover on this edition. The AAA Charlotte Knights, 28 and 32. Birmingham Barons, Double A, 18 and 36. We don't have to talk about that right now. The Winston Salem Dash, 29 and 23, while the Kannapolis Cannonballers are 28 and 25. Should note that the Arizona Complex League has gotten underway, as well as the Dominican Summer League. So we're going to be monitoring that. Follow Future Sox at Future Sox on Twitter for all the coverage we release. Tuesday episodes of the Future Sox podcast with myself and James Fox. And of course, at Sox Machine, there's podcasts every day, all week, and at SoxMachine.com, content all over the place. So this is your White Sox stop, and we really appreciate your support. Go to SoxMachine.com, become a patron if you're willing and able. It allows us to do things like this. Elijah, welcome back to the show. Happy to have you. We have Noah Schultz to talk about. We have some Players of the Month to talk about. Also, Drew Dahlquist, which I'm very much looking forward to having a conversation with you. Uh, Tyler Schweitzer, some audio, of course, highlights. And you brought up an interesting, as we were preparing for this episode, brought up an interesting little tidbit about the Winston-Salem Dash and their lineup. So we'll get to that at the tail end of this episode. First, let's begin and celebrate Noah Schultz debuts in Kannapolis, Elijah, and things couldn't have gone any better. Two innings, five strikeouts. Let's take a listen to some of the highlights, courtesy Dan Elodi and the Kannapolis Cannonballers. Here is the offering. Fastball, ring him up, got him looking, called strike three, 96 miles an hour. Arrow two. This one's chopped back towards the mound. Third baseman Willits is going to charge in. He'll field it, fire and retire. Luis Encarnacion for the out of five, three, ground out. Lefty set, here's the pitch. Fastball, ring him up, got him looking, called strike three, a 96-mile-an-hour heater up in the zone, and have a seat, John Garcia. So there it is right there, Elijah. Thoughts on the debut? Yeah, Noah Schultz, you know, it's, first of all, just good to have him back on the mound. I mean, that's the first step for a guy who had to deal with injury early in the season. He's working his way back. Seeing him healthy and on the mound was the biggest first step. It really didn't matter how he pitched. Similar thing with Liam Hendricks, you know, just when you when you have – guys that are you need to get back in the mound for whatever reason it is, him being there on the mound was a huge first step. This is a guy that many people think is the top pitching prospect in the system. He has a ton of potential at just 19 years old. He's a guy that could be a legitimate front-end starter for this team. So seeing him back was great, and he looked really good, and that's always good to see a guy working his way back look great. You know, he pretty much just threw two pitches. Uh, as we heard there, he really was just working the two seam and the slider. His slider was one of the best in the draft, um, and he has continued to get better. His heater has continued to rise in velo. You know, he was sitting nine, around 96 yesterday, which is impressive, especially with the run he has on that two seam. Um, everything looked good. I, I really am excited to see more of him because there, there's nothing you can really complain about. I mean, he was, he was locating that fastball all over the zone. It was moving well. The slider was sharp as always. Um, and he, I mean, if that's just two pitches that we saw from him for the most part, too, if he starts working in that changeup a little more, too, he is really good. Let's hear what Noah Schultz had to say following his performance in the debut. Professional, I mean, officially, we'll consider that his professional debut. I know he's pitching in Arizona, but got out to an affiliate, and our Jeff Cohen was able to go out to Kannapolis and see Noah Schultz in action, got a chance to talk to him. So here's what Jeff was able to pluck from Noah Schultz. 
96, 97 mile an hour fastball, uh, slider around 82. And was that a change up at 86? I did. I threw one change up. Um, but yeah, it's a two seam fastball or sinker mm -hmm. um, and then slider. Yeah. Okay. And when you were in Instructs, were you working on the changeup? Is that a new pitch? Changeup I've always had. Uh, the two-seam's a new one. Um, I've always had a four-seam, um, and I was just messing around and um, found the two-seam, and it's uh, been working pretty well, um, but always can be better. Do you throw both of them? Tonight I did not. It was just two tonight, um, the two-seam, um, but I definitely can't throw both when I need. Okay, so that's kind of like your fourth pitch? Yes. Okay. And then um, what are you? what is your focus here in Kannapolis. What are you working on? Um, all in all, just trying to become the best teammate I can. Um, learn the ropes of learn how uh, minor league baseball works. Um, mm -hmm. Support my teammates and help the team win games. Right. What about you? I mean, just in terms of your pitching? Um, just stay healthy. Um, contribute to the team as best way I can possible. Um, go as deep into games as I can and um, try and help the team succeed. Do you have any family or friends here for your So your my baby sister year? is in the College World Series, so my parents could not be here, but they said they would be here next week. Oh, cool. um, so, Great. yeah. That's Wonderful. Awesome. That's an impressive young man, Elijah, and some interesting nuggets, too, to take away from there. I know you mentioned the, the two pitches that he worked with in his debut, but the fact that he found a two-seam and implemented it in a live game speaks volumes because, I mean, to me, if you're a left-handed pitcher, Throwing arm side two seam at 97 mixed in with a slider that breaks onto right-handed batter's feet. You know, a two-pitch pitcher like that can make money. But the fact that he's saying he has confidence in his four seam, throwing a new two seam, mixed in a changeup and a slider, that's a nice little building block for a young pitcher to work through. Yeah, I completely agree. It's really encouraging to see because, you know, as you said, a two-seam from, from his profile as a really tall, athletic, left-handed pitcher, a two-seam is pretty much the best pitch you can have. You're going to work that pitch all over the zone. Not only is it going to be nearly impossible for many left-handers to hit when it's coming in at them, and, and then you the opposite way, when you look at it from facing a right-hander, it's move, tailing away from them. He can put that, you know, inside on them where it's just it's barely staying in the zone, in the inside zone, and cutting back towards the zone, or you, you, know, you can put on the outside spot where you're running away from guys, and it, it looks like it's a pitch that's hittable, it tails out of the zone, and that's just, I mean, it, it's a great pitch to have and the fact that he's been able to take his already impressive four seam I mean his four seam his fastball was already a very impressive pitch from as high school or when he was drafted taking that and being able to develop a two seam from it and have kind of a play on the two different fastballs with his slider I mean that's that's a really encouraging thing to have two different types of fastballs that both move and both have run on them plus an electric slider the changeup is a plus at that point right you don't need to have an amazing changeup but he sounds pretty confident in his changeup and you know I've seen tape of him throwing a pretty solid changeup so if that changeup can even be you know a, a reliable third fourth pitch that's a really strong four pitch mix for a guy who is going to live with the fastball slider combo but having a variation of a fastball plus a possible changeup is going to make him really effective as he continues to rise up the ranks yeah, it's well said. And you can get away with a lot when you're 95, 97 at that arm slot. Uh, the changeup doesn't have to be uh, exceptional right at that point. Let's listen yeah. in to Pat Leland, the manager of the Kannapolis Cannonballers. As I mentioned, Jeff Cohen, our guy, Triple A Jeff, 
on Twitter, covers the Charlotte Knights for Future Socks and Socks Machine, got a chance to talk to the manager and asked him about Noah Schultz and his debut. I be around him a little bit last year in Arizona once he was drafted. Uh, I was managing out there last year, so I saw him when he first came in, and uh, certainly, I mean, you see the ceiling, you see the talent there, and, uh, you know, he's got a chance to be really special. We're happy to have him here. We're happy to get him here and healthy. And um, really looking forward to you know seeing what he can do. And what is he working on here? Is it just building innings, adding pitches? What uh, the emphasis? Yeah, the, the pitching uh, specific stuff is more for you know our pitching coordinator, our pitching coaches. Um, from a manager's perspective, you know I'm told what he's available to go, and uh, that's what we stick to. And uh, hopefully we see more innings like we saw tonight. Now Elijah, what Pat said there, I think resonates with me because. It suggests that the White Sox are all on the same page regarding Noah Schultz's development. He's here. He's pitching. They're taking care of his arm. And this is something that I'm, we all, of course, we're all going to be monitoring throughout the year is the times he's up and down and the number of innings that he's going to throw the rest of the year. I don't know if there's going to be an innings cap, but it seems like the White Sox have a plan. And also, it seems like they're kind of keeping it close to the chest in how they're developing Noah Schultz. They don't want to push him. They don't want to have anything out in in the media space to suggest that they're doing this. So hypothetically, if Noah Schultz does fail on something that they're suggesting that they're working on, this is just sort of covering themselves and protecting the young man as a professional pitcher. That was my reaction to the, to the Pat Leland exchange with our Jeff Cohen. What did you take out of that? Yeah, I thought the similar thing as you there, Mike. Um, it's I think with a pitcher of his high potential but also a lot of variability with the makeup of a pitcher of his you know uh, the tall lanky lefty it's it's a really projectable makeup but it does come with some risk so I think the general approach from the White Sox is going to be to keep it under wraps for the most part continue to develop what they believe they need to on the side but not kind of put that out there too much I think his innings are going to be limited for a while Um, it's going to be a slow ramp up I mean it was only two innings this time I think he'll throw maybe three this coming weekend um, I, I think it's going to be a really slow process, but I I think it's going to happen. Uh, it's just a matter of when, and I think this year especially, considering he got a late start to the year, it's his first full professional season, I think we're going to see a lot of the same content this year. Uh, I think yeah, m- most of this season we're going to see them not really talking about exactly what he's doing, continuing to just work on his pitches, work on his mechanics, fine-tune stuff, and get him ready to you know make a jump and continue by the end of the season be at a point where his innings are ramped up enough where you can count on him for full starts in the minor leagues. Absolutely, and celebrate the fact that he's pitching in full season yeah. affiliate baseball. That's what I'm talking about. You know what else is really exciting? is The fact that the White Sox had a couple of players of the month in the Carolina League. Now that's Low A Canapolis, Bryce Willits, and Connor McCullough. Willits a third baseman and McCullough a pitcher. We should celebrate the 2022 draft class because they're doing pretty well. I'll tell you that. Bryce Willits in his month of May hit 360, 430, and 640 with five home runs, while McCullough, 24 innings pitched, a 1-1-3 ERA to go along with 27 strikeouts and three walks. Now, I mentioned the 2022 draft class because later in this episode, we're going to highlight Tyler Schweitzer, but we also wanted to celebrate Bryce Willits and Connor McCullough and their accomplishment. McCullough pitching in Winston-Salem now, so you got the call up there. But they're 23 years old, so that's something that we should also mention. But Willett's an 18th-round draft pick in 2022 and is absolutely taking advantage of his opportunity in Kannapolis. So celebrating those two players in the Chicago White Sox organization. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. 
When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Elijah, let's move on to the Winston-Salem Dash. We'll come back to Kannapolis, but I was looking forward to talking to you about Drew Dahlquist because this is a player in 2019 who was drafted next to Matthew Thompson, and Thompson's often looked upon as a guy who was close to Major League ready at this point of his career while Drew Dahlquist is trying to maintain some consistency in his game. And I think there's something going on with his mechanics that have been cleaned up I'll get into that thought, but first let's hear what Drew Dahlquist, uh, how he performed in Winston-Salem courtesy Andrew Murphy. Swing and a miss, struck him out. 0-2, swing and a miss, struck him out. 3-2, swing and a miss, struck him out. 1-2, strike three call, got him on the outside half. So Elijah, let's discuss Dahlquist here because at the time he was drafted, we ranked Dahlquist high in, in 2019 in our top 30 list. As we continue to move forward, trying to follow his career, he slowly fell in the ranks. Still listed in our top 30, because I think there's still projectability there. I really like his pitch mix. And something about his mechanics that have been cleaned up that I noticed was that as he was drafted in 19, even when he was pitching in 2021, he had a tendency to fall off the mound towards the first base side. And it was pretty dramatic. Now, if you look at video of Drew Dahlquist in 2023, there is still sort of a leftward lean in his finish. However, he is more toward home plate and under control and balance. And I feel like that little tweak has helped him get to where he is now. Elijah, what are your thoughts on Andrew Dahlquist and the development that he's had this year? Yeah, that's a really good point you make there, Mike. I mean, he has definitely adjusted a lot over the last few years. Um, he was a guy that was expected to be, you know, a high potential high ceiling arm coming out of high school a few years back and he's kind of shifted his game a little bit in the past few years he's gotten the velo up more uh, since he was drafted but he also has shifted away from a little bit of his style I think he used to be looked at as more of a, a consistent guy with his command he was polished and now it's a little bit about trying to hone in on his stuff as he adjusts the mechanics he still has the stuff but he's not quite been able to command it as much as he maybe used to or we thought he was going to when he was originally drafted. So this year, you know, his his stats have looked a little shaky, but it really comes down to a few games here and there where he just can't find the location with the fastball, especially um, his slider. He is a good pitch and it has a lot of depth to it, but it can it can be left over the plate a little bit too much. He hangs it a little too often. So it's his, his numbers don't look good right now. Um, But I I don't think that's really 
proportionate to to the improvements he made because he's you can see that he's starting to change things and he's getting better. And this last start that we just highlighted, you could really see it where his stuff is there and his stuff has been there. It's just a matter of him kind of fine-tuning those mechanics like you were talking about, getting consistent with them and being able to locate where he needs to locate with the stuff that is pretty good. I mean, he, he's got stuff. So it's it's really just kind of an imbalance in his starts where he had two games in May where he didn't allow a run. He had a few strikeouts, no hits allowed in back-to-back starts. And then he had two starts in May where he didn't make it out of the second inning, gave up five runs in each of those games, and you know walked a few guys, left a few sliders and fastballs right over the middle, and that was just a, a disaster. So it, it's really just a lot of ups and downs for him. But like you were saying, if he can continue to really get those mechanics consistent and take his stuff that he has and turn that into some consistent command, he's a guy that I still think could be a good pitcher. And you got to remember these guys that are drafted out of high school, he, he feels like he's been in the White Sox system forever, but he's just 22. So he, he's got time. It's not, it, this is not a kid who's, you know, drafted out of college and has struggled for three and a half years. It's he, he's 22. He's got plenty of time. He's still younger than some of these arms we're seeing succeed at Kannapolis and high a right now. And Winston Salem right now that are drafted out of college this past year, he's younger than those guys. So he has time and the stuff is there. It's just continuing to do what he did his last start, which is really work on locating that fastball all over the zone, keeping the slider down. And it's going to come. I think, I think that's very well said. And it's important to mention that is 22 years old, has been in the White Sox organization since 2019. He's a a victim of 2020. I mean, his first full professional season was completely canceled. And so a little bit of a late start. It's so bizarre when you think about that draft class and what they've been through. Think about Andrew Vaughn. Look at his trajectory. And Garrett Crochet. You know, those are two perfect examples. And Jared Kelly, too, uh, even though he did participate in Schaumburg. Anyway, I digress. I mean, that's part of the evaluation here. You have to take all of this context into account. And it's important that you mention the 22 years old because, you know, look at the walks. He's walked at least one batter in every outing outside of one. And in that outing, he only went two innings. And when you see, you know, one and two thirds, two innings, three innings, he's not going deep into ballgames. He didn't make one start where he went five. And in his last start in June, he, he went five again. So there was a start in between where he got roughed up a little bit. But those are 10 innings of quality pitching. And you want to see those start to pile up. I'll add on, it's not a coincidence that the two games that he had five innings were the two games he only walked one batter, and every other game he's walked more than that in the last two months. So that it goes hand in hand, right? As we're talking about his command, that that is it's very obvious that that matters. And I know it's it's easy it's hard to say that just walks are a definitive sign and it's not always the case. And there you can, there's guys that I mean, look at Dylan Cease. There's guys that get away with walking hitters that are able to use their stuff and be that good to get around it. Dahlquist's stuff is not that good to be able to avoid days where he can't throw strikes. If he's able to locate his pitches, like these two of his last three starts where he's gone five innings with one walk each in both those games, that's a big deal. He has to throw his stuff, obviously, at a competitive velocity. And I think upping his spin rate, upping the velocity on his pitches has resulted in some command issues. I think that has something to do with it because, you know, it's not max effort, right? But he's got to be able to throw competitively and get guys out. That's where the sharpness comes in his breaking stuff and his location in his fastball. I mean, you locate a 91 mile an hour fastball, well, you'll get crushed if that's your only pitch. So he's trying to up velocity and also put it in the strike zone as well to play off his other pitches. So 
Drudalkus is still a work in progress. However, there is enough there for us to continue to monitor and feel optimistic about his future because the stuff and look, the, the body control and the number of offerings that he can throw, um, he just needs to throw them for strikes and at a consistent velocity. All right, moving on. More pitching. Love pitching. Love talking White Sox prospects with you. Thanks for sticking around on this episode. Tyler Schweitzer of Kannapolis. We had Jeff Cohen there. Again, got to mention it. Jeff had a chance to see Schweitzer, a 2022 draft pick, left-hander. Let's hear what Schweitzer had to say about his outing that Jeff saw. I throw a four-seat fastball, curveball, slider, and a changeup. Okay. And um, what was working tonight? Uh, basically everything minus the changeup. I mean, we didn't really need to throw any because the curveball and slider were working how they how they should be. Um, but I was really just attacking with my fastball, getting ahead, uh, and then just working working uh, what was weak against them, what's strong against me, and um, and it, yeah, it just panned out. Was your slider the 90 mile an hour pitch? No, no. Uh, my slider's like 80 to 85 sometimes. Okay. Like, yeah. Okay. So that was your fastball between, that was between 90 and 95. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Were you intentionally just kind of taking something off every now and then? Uh, occasionally, yeah. Uh, sometimes I'm trying to throw the heck out of it. And then other times I'm, I might be a little too, uh, precise and try to, you know, locate a little bit more. Right. So it, yeah, it just, it, it comes up and down occasionally. Right. And um, so you've, you've already off to a great start this year in low A. Uh, what's the key? What, what do you, what do you attribute it to? Just honestly, just attacking hitters, making, making them try to hit the ball. Um, just doing what I know what I can do every day in and day out, getting ready for my next start. It's all about preparation. Like uh, I felt really good today. Last week I felt really good. So it basically just on uh, how I go about my week to recover and everything like that, and then making sure I'm 100% when I go out there. Tyler Schweitzer, fifth-round draft pick out of Ball State University, 22 years old, and a lot of innings so far in his ledger in 2023. Nine starts, sub-four ERA, 47 and two-thirds innings, said he threw four pitches. How excited are you about this product? Yeah, he's a guy that's really exciting, almost in large part because of the the length of what he's doing. He's thrown five innings in every single start. So even the starts where he's struggling, he's managing to limit counts. He's getting ground balls. He's doing a good job locating. And that's translating, right? I mean, he had he's had two he had two games in May where he gave up five runs in each of those games, and he still lasted five innings because he's consistent with his command. And if he's getting hit, he's getting hit, right? And it happens. He had he gave up two home runs in one of those games, and those were the majority of those five runs. And that's going to happen no matter what. But with Schweitzer, it's really exciting to see a guy who, at his age, the college stuff. It seems like he's he's a lot more developed in a way than a lot of the younger guys you see come up in the system. And it's clear that he's he's ready to make full starts. He did it in college. He's doing it now in low A. He's doing it well. He's commanding. He's working a lot of different pitches. And he's just a really high floor guy. Um, I don't know if he is somebody that I see being projectable as a, as a top-end starter, but he's going to be consistent. He can mix in all four of those pitches, as he talked about, and he's going to get out. He His last two starts, he's really ramped up the strikeout stuff, seven and ten strikeouts in his last two starts, uh, minimal runs allowed. The walks have not been – he hasn't had more than three walks in any game this year, so he's, he's consistent with the command, and he's just a really solid all-around pitcher, which is great to have in your system. It's it, I don't think it's somebody you're – necessarily expecting to shoot to to be you know a high projectable guy right as i said but i think he's going to be a solid steady arm for the white Sox. love to see that 
He's getting the innings under his belt. Had a really impressive year last year uh, as a college arm. So, again, names in the low minors that we're monitoring are having success. And the recent draft of 2022 is doing very well for themselves. Final segment of the show, Elijah. Really looking forward to this as well. Tell me about the Winston-Salem Dash lineup because uh, there's a lot of intrigue here. There's power. There's athleticism. Tell me more about the Winston-Salem Dash lineup. This lineup is awesome. Uh, I've got to watch a few Dash games recently, and it is never disappointing, really, when you turn on and you watch the top six, seven of this lineup right now, uh, which is something that you really can't say for many many minor league teams at all, especially at the high A level. And, you know, there's, there's five, six guys in this lineup that are – I expect to be moving their way up soon and becoming a potential part of the White Sox next year or the year after maybe because this this lineup has been great. I mean, you start from from top down. It's it's Wilfred Veris, DJ Gladney, Terrell Tatum, Leo Del Chape, uh, Michael Turner, Sean Gusenberg, Wes Kath even has had a few moments here and there. Um, and it, it's it's deep all around. There's a really good variety of some speed guys, some power guys. You know, Gladney has 10 home runs. Varis is just a double machine. He had 21 doubles so far, which is crazy. 21 doubles of his 64 hits and his hitting 314 right now for Varis. You got Terrell Tatum, who's a speed machine. He's got 25 steals already. He's got some of the best plate discipline in the entire minor leagues with 46 walks at this point in 47 games. Um, you know, Michael Turner's a guy where the White Sox don't have a ton of catching depth and Michael Turner has been really solid overall. He's not a huge hitter, but he hits a lot of solid doubles, hard line drives. He's got 21 walks already this season to only 25 strikeouts. He's a consistent bat, a guy that, you know, quickly could become one of the it already is one of the best catchers in a weak catching system. Um, Chapei has been solid as a young guy who we have a lot of hope for. He's in, and we've talked about him on the past on this podcast. Even, you know, Goosenberg, who's not a super highly touted player in the system, has shown some speed with 19 stolen bases. He's shown some good walking ability with 20 there. He's hidden for some power. It's really just a fun lineup top down. And I think this is a group that is is easily the best lineup in the White Sox system, but a group of guys where I expect at least three, maybe four of these guys to be going up to Double A sooner than later. Um, I know it's it's always tricky figuring out the roster dynamics and Double A. I mean, Birmingham has been struggling, right? And especially the lineup in Birmingham has not been very good. And there's some guys in this team that are just would instantly be one of the best hitters in Birmingham, in my opinion. And you look at while, while Varis is only 20 and Chape is only 21, those are some younger guys. You might want to give them a little more time there, even though they really have been good enough to go up, honestly, but they can get a little time there. But, you know, Terrell Tatum at 23, Michael Turner is at 24. Th- those are guys that should be going up soon. I-, I see no reason not to be seeing Terrell Tatum. I mean, what else does Terrell Tatum have to prove? He's got 46 walks and 25 stolen bases. Are you kidding me? And, and that's that's 47 games he's doing that. And it's all while having an OPS of 859. So he- he's just been great all around. Michael Turner has actually leads the team in OPS right now with an 868. Um, and he's just been, you know, on base at a 418 clip. So he he walks, he hits, he drives the ball hard. He's been pretty solid behind the dish. He's done some DHing. I don't know if he's he's not an elite defensive catcher, but you know, for the White Sox who don't have much catching, it could be a great option to have. Um, and the lineup overall is just it's shown a lot of promise and a lot of guys that we are going to be monitoring very carefully as they rise to the Double A level soon enough. Because there's there's some hitters on this team that that I want to see with the White Sox in the next few years. 
we're getting to that point of the year in June where there's enough of a sample size to start forming our evaluations. And look, Wilfred Veris last year was one of the few who stepped up to the challenge of double A, Project Birmingham, and overwhelmed by, in terms of the, the age of competition, the discrepancy there, and Veris didn't blink. This year, 314 batting average with an 823 OPS. He's stealing bags. He has 14 and uh, 18 attempts. And look, the strikeout numbers are apparent in the Winston-Salem dash lineup among the guys that we're celebrating here. But what's really impressive is the the trajectory that we're starting to see because the strikeouts will be there. But if you can mitigate that by producing in other areas like DJ Gladney, for example, who has 10 home runs, leads the team by a healthy amount in that regard, along with his 12 doubles, Varys 21 doubles. I mean, look, those are the two top guys that we're celebrating here, highlighting West Cath as well, Elijah, quickly, because this is an aggressive assignment, in my opinion. The White Sox think very highly of West Cath, and the strikeouts, 78 strikeouts and 172 at-bats in 45 games, that's got to go down. It's always been a point of interest for us is the swing and miss rate in West Cath. But it says a lot that the White Sox are willing to promote this kid to Double A Birmingham and Project Birmingham, give him a taste there, and start him in Winston Salem this year, despite the struggles. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, Kath is—I didn't get to Kath because he has definitely been one of the weaker performers on this team. But you're still seeing him slotted into the five hole pretty much every day for this team. So it's even when he's been a little bit rough at times, they trust him and they want him in this lineup every single day because they want to continue to see that development. And you can see when, when Kath really gets a hold of the ball, he's got a ton of natural power. He hits the ball on the line. I mean, he's, he's a really quality hitter. It's just going to come down to the refinement and improving his own contact a little bit. He, he has a tendency to chase a lot. I mean, the 78 strikeouts, as you mentioned, is, is not good. But I think the team has has really high hope for him, and they've had high hopes for Westcast since they drafted him. So if he can stay in this lineup, the good thing about playing in this lineup right now is that there's not that much pressure on Westcast because he's got six guys around him in the lineup that are all great and have been great all season for the most part. So in his situation, in, at least for the time being, until some guys start to get called up, he's protected a ton in this lineup. So he can continue to work on that approach and develop while he can, but not have the pressure of being, you know, the top hitter on the team or even one of the top hitters on the team. So I think I think there's still a lot to see with Kath. And I think he, him and Chapei are kind of two of the guys that I expect to be at Winston all year. Maybe they'll go up to the Project Birmingham type thing later in the at the very end of the season. But until the end of the season, I expect both of those two to be kind of the core pieces that remain at this level just because of their age, because they need a little bit of time with the development. But it's it's coming together really well for for this whole roster. And I think there's there's an expectation that this core lineup is going to be the majority of the core next season in Birmingham. Yeah, I, I think Terrell Tatum is close to a promotion. Definitely. And you know, a good example to kind of close this out of the inconsistency and the uniqueness of developing prospects and the way that they go about it. DJ Gladney looked like a prospect with unlimited potential who may falter at higher levels of competition. But here we see his season finally taking off. This is his best year as a professional, and he's been in the White Sox organization for multiple seasons. And speaking to White Sox personnel, I know that they think very highly of Gladney because of, uh, one, specifically his biomechanics, but two, the athleticism and the pop, the natural pop that he generates in his swing. Love to see the development so far in DJ Gladney's case. I bring that up because you don't want to – dismiss West Cath 
The White Sox identified West Cath and they believe they can pull out the best potential in him right now. And what they're trying to overcome is the swing and miss. Really good episode today, Elijah. Man, we, we sure. went on a little long, but I tell you what, this is what it's all about. When it's good content, it's good content. And we really appreciate your work because you bring a lot of uh, ideas and, and all the stuff that we talk about to the show, you bring it to the air and uh it's i think it's going okay Definitely. what do you think i appreciate uh i appreciate this i think it's going great and i'm uh, i'm happy to be able to share this information with white Sox fans because i know it, it can be hard sometimes to really you know understand the future and learn about prospects and we hope that we are able to just give you a little view into the future of the white Sox because we love it and we hope you love it as well that's elijah evans you can follow him on twitter at elijah ev8 i'm at rankin906 Subscribe to the podcast. You'll get two episodes a week. This, which is the Future Sox Roundup, and the Future Sox Podcast with myself and James Fox every Tuesday. We release this episode on the weekend. It's been Saturday, so we're going to continue to release on Saturdays. Maybe sometimes we'll get it on a Sunday, but this is what we do. We cover Chicago White Sox prospects 365 days a year on SoxMachine.com. Thanks so much for being a supporter. For Elijah Evans, my name's Mike Rankin. We'll talk to you all next week.